Welcome to week five of Country Day Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Sacramento Country Day School. I'm head of school, Lee Thompson. And I'm Rochelle Doyle, director of advancement. It's our final week. And this week, we're talking about our core value of diversity, which reads, through our core value of diversity, our inclusive community promotes equity and understanding through meaningful conversation that welcomes a variety of voices and celebrates individuality. And this week, we'll be interviewing librarian Joe Melanson and you, Rochelle, and our student guest, senior Carabello Bowski. Well, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Joe. It's nice to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. So, Joe, why do you think it's important to have a core value of diversity? Diversity is especially important in education where we're teaching critical thinking and collaboration skills and preparing our students for an increasingly diverse world where they'll work and live with people from a variety of backgrounds. I believe it's particularly crucial for students from historically marginalized identities to see themselves reflected in their peers and teachers, the curriculum, what their classrooms look like, and materials displayed in the library. For all students, collaborating with peers from differing backgrounds can result in more creative projects, and challenging stereotypes can help create more thoughtful and often more civically engaged members of our society. One more thing I'd add is that equity and inclusion are vital in order to sustain and nurture diversity. Yeah, and I would add to that, diversity asks who's in the room. Equity asks who's trying to get into the room but can't. Inclusion asks has everyone's ideas been heard? And justice asks whose ideas won't be taken seriously because they aren't in the majority. And we've started to use belonging, and it's still the same question. There's a quote that everyone is welcome is drastically different from, we've built this with you in mind. And that, to me, sums up a core of why our work is important. It's important to consider who we're building for from an ethical standpoint, but also from a sustainability standpoint for the school. My dentist has a picture in his office that says, ignore your teeth and they'll go away. That's the same thing that we should apply to ignoring a large percentage of our population. If you ignore them, then they're going to go away. And as a school, we're not going to make it into the future without embracing different populations. So you each have very different jobs and roles at Country Day. Can you talk a little bit about how each of your roles work to fulfilling that core value of diversity? Joe, you want to start? Yeah, you've probably heard me say many times that every person is the star of their own life, and I think we should treat others accordingly. Seeing yourself reflected in your space, in our case, the school, can make you more comfortable and allows you to learn better, which is, after all, why we're here. I wear different hats at the school. As the librarian, I try to curate rich collections of reading and research materials that provide those windows and mirrors for our students to see themselves and their classmates and the rest of the world. As one of the scholars coordinators, along with Patricia Portillo, and as an academic advisor, I try to remove any barriers to my students' achievement and provide them with tools and information that'll help them succeed. I'm also part of the Idea Committee leadership team with Denise Santos and Rochelle. We work hard on DEI initiatives throughout the school. Joe, just for our listeners, can you tell us what IDEA stands for? Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, Alliance. Joe, 
you have used the term windows and mirrors. Can you explain that just a little bit more for folks who might not understand that term? Sure. Mirrors provide an opportunity for people to see themselves reflected in literature, art, role models. Windows allow people to see people who don't necessarily resemble them. Thank you. Rochelle, how do you see your work fulfilling the Country Day core value of diversity? My answer to that is a little bit all over the place. But starting with my role of director of advancement, all types of people have amassed wealth and have the opportunity to transform our organization. And in our office, if we stay stagnant and continue to adhere to giving practices that were built in the 60s and 70s, then who we're ignoring and the opportunities that we're ignoring are making an environment where our school is missing opportunities. So in one hand, the practices that we engage in, the elite clubs that are built around giving, we have to question, does everyone who's in today's world want to be a part of that? On an impact level, advancement is what makes tuition assistance possible. You know, we've had a parent come in and and give a $5,000 scholarship to want to support students. That's possible because of advancement. So advancement and DEI are really close in hand. And one of the things that you'll often hear me say is that philanthropy is the difference between a good education and an outstanding one. We really rely on giving to make the school everything that it is. On a more granular level, I am the liaison for our Black Student Union, for our Black Girls Society, and for our Families of Color affinity group folks. I also co-lead with Joe and Denise, our idea group, and Tara Adams and I lead our group looking at inclusion practices for parent involvement. And I sit on the committee examining hiring practices and support the board's DEI work. I would just add, circling back to your piece about philanthropy, that the school gives more than $3 million a year in financial aid to students. And that's 40% of our student body receives some kind of aid in order to come to Country Day. So that philanthropy is giving kids the opportunity to come here that they might not ordinarily have. And it's such a good point because more than thinking of it as just providing an opportunity for those 40%, what we know is that people make better decisions if there's different types of people in the room. Organizations make better decisions if there's not one style of thinking. So we are empowering all students with better decision-making, critical thinking, more intellectual discovery from being around each other. It's really important to support that for the next generation. Well, right. I think what you're saying is diversity supports everybody. It's the majority and the minority. Everyone benefits from diversity. Joe, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned the IDEA Committee. You have been involved with the IDEA Committee for years. Can you talk about it and what is your history with the IDEA Committee? Back in 2000, the school started its first iteration of the diversity committee and I became the chair. I remember a catchphrase back then that I hated was tolerate diversity. Tolerate diversity. It sounded so lukewarm, so much like checking off a box. My colleagues and I wanted to celebrate diversity and support our students of differing backgrounds in ways that would lead to their success. One of the things we did in those early years was to pave the way for our high school gay straight alliance, now called Gender and Sexualities Alliance. We also began a newsletter for the community called Roots and Branches that included articles written by faculty, students, and parents. 
For example, right after 9-11 happened, a Muslim parent wrote about Islam to help dispel the stereotypes. Seven years later, when Laura Monahan took over as chair, she brought in the Anti-Defamation League for anti-bias training and began the Rolindo School Committee. Then in 2016, Joy Pangolinan, Adolfo Mercado, and Tucker Fail re-envisioned the committee as the IDEA Committee, which added to the name that equity and inclusion work that I think is so crucial to diversity. And then in 2020, I joined the leadership again with Denise and Ramel Loria. One of the things I know about this work is that you can't expect closure, don't have any quick fixes, but I do believe we should always be moving forward. Thank you, Joe, for your history of working on this committee and doing this important work. What is the IDEA Committee working on right now? Well, since 2020, we've been working on our NAIS AIMS Assessment of Inclusivity and Multiculturalism Survey. After the initial survey of the community and reports from multiple discovery groups looking at things like student life, faculty, policies, we consulted with Liza Toulousen, who has provided us with identity conscious training and wrote our summer reading book, The Identity Conscious Educator. Liza made recommendations based on the survey and reports. Currently, we have 11 action groups working on implementing those recommendations on things that range from better understanding the needs of alumni of color to continued support of the folks group to conducting an accessibility audit and to examining hiring practices. I'd add that Liza's book, it's really an opportunity for our staff and faculty to look at race and class and sexual orientation and gender and disability and how those all play a role in a person's identity and how we can support our students and each other recognizing our windows and mirrors. And then, of course, Lee, you'll know that we're supporting our board's work and building DEIB governance and examining our policies on a macro level as well. Right. We have a new board committee formed this year that is chaired by Board member Soyla Fernandez, who is herself an alumni parent of a country day graduate, and she is leading the board committee on DEIB work. And Soyla had said something that really stuck with me about the importance of consistently looking at evolving your history and evolving your diversity work. And she was talking about how they don't teach the same math that they taught when we were all in school, I would hate to train and lead one of our students through a math problem because I don't understand how it is that they're teaching it now. And we have to do the same thing with our history and we have to do the same thing with looking at our DEIB work, continually evaluate what it is that we have been teaching and how do we move forward in the best direction for everyone. So as you all know, with the Country Day Fund, folks can give to a bunch of different buckets. So if someone is giving to the diversity and equity bucket of the Country Day Fund, how do those dollars impact your program? Uh, Country Day Fund supports DEI work on our campus in so many ways. We send faculty to the People of Color Conference and students to the Student Diversity Leadership Conference, which often results in student initiatives on campus, such as the founding of the BSU and JEDI clubs. The fund is paid for professional development, including the summer read, and this year our training with Liza Toulousen. It pays for tuition assistance and our AIMS work that we talked about earlier. One thing it doesn't cover is our Country Day Scholars Program, 
but we do rely on fundraising to pay for those scholarships that bring some of the most amazing kids to us who might not otherwise be able to attend. Rochelle, you want to add to that? I do. (laughs) This is one of my favorite questions because, again, philanthropy is the difference between a good education and an outstanding one. My work has a ton of meaning because I get to be the link between a donor who wants to make a positive impact on the next generation of people and a student or a group of students that are going to lead our world. So while not every student receives tuition assistance, every student at Country Day is a benefit of the philanthropy of donors. Every student has been impacted by a donor who says, I want to contribute to a computer lab, or I want to build a building, or I want to give to make sure more students from different socioeconomic backgrounds can come. We have an amazing board and we have an amazing CFO, shout out Bill Petschauer, that do a great job being financial stewards of the resources that we have from tuition. But that's a finite amount. And the next level is up to our donors. Giving is what makes the impossible possible. And, you know, no one can do it on their own. Not one person is going to come in and transform this institution all by themselves. This is truly the work of the community. So when one person thinks, oh, my gift doesn't make a difference, it's not that transformative, none of us have the power to do it independently. But that's not the design of the organization. All of us can do it collectively, which is why having a culture of giving is so important. And the Country Day Fund builds that and bleeds into that. I love the concept of having a culture of giving. And one of the things that I often say when I'm calling a parent to say thank you is I really appreciate that a gift shows your belief in, your faith in our school and our community. And it models philanthropy for the next generation. It teaches their children and our future alums what it looks like to be a caring individual for the rest of our world. And we've seen that throughout these last couple of weeks through all of our students. Yeah, it has been an amazing couple of weeks. So Joe, thank you for joining us for the final episode of the podcast. We really enjoyed having you. Thanks for the opportunity. And Rochelle, thank you. You did a wonderful job this week as an interviewee. You are not only DJ Doyle, you are multi-talented. Thank you. Our special student guest this week is senior Carabello Bowski. Carabello, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Carabello, you're a senior here at Country Day. Can you talk about some of the DEIB programs you've been a part of at the school? Yes, I've been a part of the Black Student Union, the Black Girls Society Group. I've been a member and a co-founder of the JEDI Council, which is the Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Council. I am also a two-time participant and going on three times of the SDLC conference. So the SDLC conference, that's a national conference, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So the SDLC conference... Student Diversity Leadership Conference is a national-wide conference of students picked from independent schools all over the country. It's about a week long, and you go through different seminars, different groups. You also have an opportunity to find your own affinity group, and they have affinity groups from transracially adoptees to Black affinity groups. They have LGBT affinity groups. They have one for everybody, so you really get to work on being of service in an outward kind of way to other people and then also 
internally in yourself and learning how to be more comfortable in your own skin. Has there been anything from the SDLC that you've implemented at Country Day? Yes. So the Jedi Council was founded my first year of SDLC by me and the other participants. And that has been going on steadily since. And I think that was a really big move and a big deal to us because it was a very real reaction to what we felt we needed from the school. And we wouldn't have had that confidence or the resources and the knowledge on how to go about creating that kind of a group without SDLC. And what are some of the goals of Jedi Council? The goals of Jedi Council, I think it's like a bridge between students and the adults at the school in a way that one can talk freely and be a little less filtered and make sure that they're heard and then know that the faculty and the adults around will hear it and will take action in the ways in which it's most needed. That's a really powerful impact to have on a student body or on a community. Congratulations. Thank you. And what have you personally gained from these experiences? I think one of the biggest thing I've gained is confidence. It sounds very easy and simple, but when people like what you're doing, you feel very good about it. So I think that's a really big thing that has really changed in me. And I think it's also given me direction in the sense that as I apply to college and as I transition out of high school and into being an adult, I feel more secure in what I expect from others and how I feel I should be respected in outside groups. Any kind of relationship in my life, I feel a sense of security in myself that I can call somebody up to help me achieve my goals. It's more just an inner confidence thing, I think. That's really powerful. So you're approaching the end of your PK through 12 academic career. What do you hope this helps to pass on to somebody who's a freshman or an eighth grade student? The biggest part of these groups is the way in which it empowers students. And so I think the biggest thing I would want anybody to gain from these is that empowerment, that self-assuredness, that self-respect in oneself, because that can change the game for anyone, I believe. And I also think these groups and conference really create a sense of empathy within a community. And I think, well, that's outside of one eighth grader or one freshman. I think that also makes a huge impact on just your day-to-day life. So I think a mix of empathy and self-assuredness. How do you think diversity builds academic strength at Country Day? I do think the diversity at Country Day builds a community. I think the biggest thing that anybody can do is lead by example. And I think by having diversity in an academic setting, you're setting an example for the next generation. You're setting an example for how to be respectful, how to be empathetic. I think it's much more than just academic strength. Given enough time, anybody can get an A in pre-calculus. But I think the biggest part that people can't necessarily get taught in a textbook is not being ignorant to other people, learning how to say, I didn't know that, I'm sorry, learning how to be friends with people who might not necessarily agree with you on anything, but respect your opinion and your knowledge enough to hear you out. That's the biggest part in which diversity will build academic trait that country day. Once you teach a group of kids that, then they teach people they know, and then it gets spread out in a kind of web 
by leading by example. I love that. And I think one of the things that I'm proudest of about this school is that with the diversity that we have in our classrooms and within our program, the research tells us that more diverse groups hear and listen to and honor more variety of opinions and therefore make better decisions and succeed in the long run. Carabella, do you see that idea that I just talked about, which is that people in diverse groups tend to be more open-minded and therefore make better decisions or more thoughtful decisions. Do you see that reflected in your experience? I do, but I also kind of, I don't mean to clap back kind of way, but I think that's the whole point of diversity. And that's like the whole definition of diversity. The more you know, the better you can do. And diversity quite literally creates that by introducing you to people who don't agree with you, by introducing people who kind of agree with you, by giving you a whole spectrum of agreedness and disagreedness, that creates the diversity in which you can then make a decision with all the facts or at least knowledge and you would have before. Can you think of a meaningful moment that DEIB showed up in any of our curriculum? Yes. So this year I'm in advanced topics English literature composition. And we just finished the book Beloved by Toni Morrison. There's the famous paragraph about the jungle being a metaphor for racism and the way in which Black people are seen by white people. It's a kind of, the more you try to fit in, the more they push away. But if you don't try to fit in, then they say you deserve to be there. While we were discussing that paragraph, there was a moment where the whole class, like, simultaneously went, oh my gosh, it's just like an AP U.S. history. We're talking about um, Booker T. Washington and Webb Du Bois. It was that moment where it connected, and it was like, oh, that's like what we learned last year, which relates to what we learned this year, which relates to what we learned that year, which relates to the English class we had in ninth grade, where we talked about all of the police brutality and all the riots and to riot or not to riot, and we wrote poems about it. And all each class from like ninth grade, like a domino effect, just all fell into each other and it clicked what we were supposed to be learning. And it wasn't necessarily that we were supposed to be learning exactly what color shoes that the characters were wearing or how many pages were in each book. It was we were learning how to connect stories and we were learning how to get all the information, like what you talked about earlier, how diversity is about knowing more to make better decisions in that moment, we knew more. And that I think was a really big moment. It was just a moment where we all knew more than we had five minutes ago, even though we had known that for years. What a cool idea. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. That's an amazing story. Thank you. So we have students from different walks of life at Country Day, different backgrounds. What do you hope these moments where they're all experiencing things together, builds in your fellow students? I hope that these moments build a foundation for better adults, not in a way that all adults are bad or anything. I think every generation strives to do better than before. And I hope that these moments really connect and really get cemented into our brains so that we can be better, so that we can change the world for the better so that we can make a difference. I think that that's what we're all trying to do. So, 
Carbello, if you were able to wave a magic wand and it was 10 years from now and you were coming back onto campus, what would you hope to see or experience that might be different from today? This might sound weird, but let me explain. I hope to see more loud, rebellious nerds because nerds are the people who change the world. But if you're not loud enough and if you don't fight the system in a rebellious way, nothing's going to change. So I hope that Country Day continues to nurture a community in which you can ask that odd question that you don't know if it's a stupid question or a not weird question. Or And I hope that kids talk too much in class. And I hope that kids annoy teachers with emails about the homework and the essay and what book you're reading. So I just hope for more loud, rebellious nerds. And I hope that Country Day continues to nurture that in people. Is there anything that you didn't say that you want to say? I think Country Day is really working to make changes and to really nurture these students. At the same time, I hope we don't reach goal number one and then just let that be it. So I'm both praising Country Day and expecting more, I guess. I just hope we continue to have these conversations and nurture students and to ask the hard questions and open doors that are really hard to open. Well said. I hope so, too. They think that while the adults are the ones that are considered the leaders, it's this cool cyclical relationship with students where in every aspect we're continually challenged to rise above and to do better because of your generation. So thank you for motivating us all to do things better, to try harder. You know, you all are the reason why we show up every day. So thanks. Well, thank you for showing up. (laughs) Carbello, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And thank you for all the ways that you've built advocacy and awareness at Country Day. Thank you. I had a lot of fun and... I really hope that this conversation continues and this isn't a end goal. Thanks for being with us, Carabella. Thank you for having me. So Lee, here we are in week five. That's week five of seven of the Country Day Fund. And we've gotten to take a dive into all of our core values. What's been your favorite part of trying out these podcasts? The voice of our students. It has been so amazing to speak each episode with two or three adults and a student, and to hear how thoughtful our students are on these topics of our core values. It's been so impressive and gratifying to to hear them. What about you, Rochelle? I knew you were going to say that, so I had to come up with a second thing, but I'd have to echo you on that. It's been wonderful to hear how our teachers are going through and educating our students every day and the passion that they have so much of what we do is we're trying to build a a financially sustainable school for not only the children on this campus, but their children as well. And seeing the impact of what we're doing and hearing the impact of what we're doing, it doubles up my enthusiasm for what it is that I do. And to all of our listeners, thank you for your support. And as your last podcast reminder... We are in week five of seven of the 50 Days of Giving for the Country Day Fund that supports all of the faculty and students and work that we've been talking to and about. If you haven't made your gift or pledge yet, don't hold out any longer. 
Visit sacsds.org forward slash country dash day dash fund or email advancement at sacsds.org to support your favorite school. See you around the campus.